Welcome to the Bear Tiger <laughs> podcast. This is episode, we think 16, 15, it's gone walkabouts, which we're going to try and get uh, rectified. We did a podcast about the week after Charlie Hole won. It was quite, it was one of our better ones. It it's, was, yeah. It's gone missing. Absolute head's gone there. Guest today, Joshua White, Mark Raven. Josh, how are you? I'm good, mate. Thank you very much. A busy weekend. Very busy weekend. My little boy Sam turned two, so it's been like a three day roller coaster. Literally went to Cheshire and Mark come along for that one as well. Yeah, yeah. It was a little one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's been it's great. He's coming his own. Did, yeah, yeah. No, yes, I do have a child that I brought with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been good, mate. So active weekend, I'm sure. And uh, Mark. Well, yeah, Friday, Saturday, uh, Sam had a little um, thing at the soft play on Saturday as well. So we were there uh, most of them and some family over on Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's been good. Yeah, Very busy. Nice. What's been happening in your golfing last week or two? We've had a couple of weeks break after we had a Bear Tiger event at the Grove. And uh, we've been a bit busy. I've been away a little bit. JS is away. So we've taken a small sabbatical. What's been happening on the golf front, Josh? Well, for me, I had a bit of an injury from the Grove. So I was hosting a Hangover. Oh, yeah. So I was driving around in a buggy, going to every group and whatnot, and then got to the 18th and uh, decided to hit some drivers as hard as I could after being in the buggy all day, which wasn't the best idea. So, uh, yeah, the back played up a little bit. So end up just um, not hitting too many shots, but feeling good again now. So Have you played any golf? No. No, not no, at all. No, I'm about to take it easy. Oh, dear. Don't want to prolong the injury. Oh, maybe you'd only hit it like 250 now. <laughs> when you come back seven nine tapper <laughs> tapper Mark what's been happening you've been uh, working so after the Grove uh, we actually went away for five days to Tenerife first time we've been away since Covid did you yeah yeah nice. so um, yeah that was nice uh, first time away with BB so that's cool how was the how was the plane do you know what she was good as gold four like, hours not too bad not I too bad like yeah no we got I mean we continuously get very lucky with her so um no, no, it, it was great, great to be away. And then, uh, yeah, been back for a week now, bit of coaching stuff, but yeah, I've, I've yeah, not been playing at all. You got any plans to get out in the golf course? I, the weather's kind of turning, isn't it? Yeah, Which no, is, I do. Over the winter, I just plan to get golf and the physical kind of stuff back on track. Yeah, struggling a little bit, like Josh, struggling a little bit on my back at the minute, but that's just because I haven't trained in a long time. But yeah, it's time to get my head down and, and get back on it. Yeah, we've had quite a busy year, haven't you, with the, yeah. with the house and... All that stuff going on. And tell you what has been busy, or someone's been busy, is Rory McIlroy getting busy, getting back to world number one, which is a pretty exciting news. Um, he won yesterday. I was him doing the talk down at Congaree. Amazing performance from him. He was he was a bit different this week. He looked like maybe the course slightly liberated him in that it wasn't like a real tight tree line course. It's quite open, quite sand belt like. I don't know if you guys watched it. Obviously, Josh, you were dealing with um, with the birthday parties and that sort of stuff. But he was just going after his drives so hard, which he, he normally obviously has lots of speed. But he has a nice balanced finish, but there was loads of recoils going on. And he was just munching it down the fairways, didn't it? Like 340, 350, 600 yard par five, hitting a driver 992. He was just properly in full flow. And there's not many people who can play like that in the world of golf and be that accurate. We know that Bryson... He smashes it and gives it some, but it's everywhere. Whereas Rory, he's straighter, or as straight as a straight player, and he's also like literally 50 yards past him. And what I find so impressive with that is, I don't know if it, when you start playing well, you start hitting it a bit harder, don't you? You get a bit of confidence and you start hitting it a bit harder. But for me, that actually hurt my game a little bit because I would get out of a rhythm and then I start hitting it harder and harder and all of a sudden it would just sort of break down. But with him, it doesn't seem to happen. He just sort of, like you say, the more he does it and the more flow he gets, he just, he's off. He just keeps getting better every time. Yeah, well, but, it, it looked like he's like really in the slot. So yeah. he, because he was hitting it further out of confidence. He was just thinking, I'm just going to rip this. Yeah, this is not going anywhere else but straight. But the world number one thing, I just feel like that's been coming for a long time. I felt like it was just, that was just going to happen. Like over the last sort of two or three months, or even longer I just feel like that is always going to happen. It's the bit from now for me that excites me. Is the majors going to come? Well, it's the ninth time that he's hit the world number one spot. So there's something going on there. You know, he's not, it, that's not over like a 30 year period. You know, there's something, and the next stage for him is to hang on to that spot for a long time. He's obviously dipped in and out of it quite a bit. He's not really gone like two or three years where he's dominated that top spot. So I think that's the next, along with major championships, I think that's what he's got in his mind now. Yeah. Well, Greg's done it, hasn't 
Yeah, he's just taking a break down. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is going to be a big, big thing for him. I mean, also, I don't know what you think, Mark. I was done with Scotty Sheffer being world number one. He's yeah. a really nice guy and he's great and everything, but it was just like, it just didn't feel right. I, I was just about to say exactly that. Like for some people being at world number one, it sort of dumbs down golf a bit for me. Like sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And that's no disrespect to these guys who get there because obviously phenomenal achievement and well-deserved, but... Rory back on top, golf feels right again to me. Like I'm engaged with it slightly more. Like he's at the top of the tree. Now everyone's got to catch or like you say, he's got to try and prolong that period now at the top. That is more exciting for me. Like I'm more in tune with golf now. Um, whereas like you say, Scotty Scheffler, and it's been moving around a bit, hasn't it? Over the last sort of, let's say two years, it's been mo- moving around a fair amount. So yeah, it, this feels right. And uh, I like you say, I think... Rory now, his main target has got to be holding on to that and trying to chip away. Unlikely he's ever going to beat Tiger's record, but he could start chipping away at, you know, what I don't know what the next best is. I don't have that stat available. Unfortunately, Slatey's not here. He'll be able to roll that off straight away. But that's kind of got to be the next goal, isn't it, really? Because as you say, he's nine times he's come from, you know, not number one to getting to number one, so... Let's see if he can hold it. it. It sort of feels like when people get to world number one, they, they sort of play a bit less. I don't, I don't know what that is. They sort of, they sort of get there and they, I don't know if they like, they just don't play as much. Whereas don't now, see him as much. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I hope Rory now just keeps playing. As, I feel like he's been playing loads. I feel like, I just hope he keeps that going. The system's changed a bit, isn't it? Because it used to be that you could, by not playing, you'd move up and so forth. I was chatting to Ollie Wilson. He was in the Sky Studio on Friday. And he was saying how it changed a bit because you used to get rewarded basically for not doing it up sometimes yeah. you move up where the new system is slightly better. Wasn't it Westwood that didn't play a week because if yeah. he didn't play he would go to world number one? Yeah, exactly. Which doesn't really make no. doesn't really make any sense, does it? Because no. you want the best player has to be playing well to go up the rankings rather than just sitting around yeah. and going up the rankings. Uh, I think it's likely that you will see him as much or more because the advice he gave to, was it Tom Kim? Did you see the interview where Tom Kim come in and asked him a question? Yeah. And his advice to him was, you know, look, you've got to become really good at your time. You know, everyone's going to want to pull on you here, there and everywhere. And what I've learned over time is that you've got to make sure that you, you know, don't forget that the reason I'm here is because I'm, I did this, this and this. So just that advice coming from him in that press conference gives me confidence like to see that he will be there you know, we won't see him just disappear now and rest on his laurels. I think he's going to keep, he's got a formula. He's the formula that has brought him here this time around the ninth time seems to be working best for him. He says he's the happiest he's ever been in playing golf. He's in, in love with the game. Uh, and I think, yeah, based on what he was saying in that interview and, and the, and post round interviews, I mean, it sounds like he's, he's focused. Don't you think though, like when he, uh, I was watching that video and that piece and he says happiest he's ever been, when you're playing well, you, it's easy to be happy. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, well, I'm I, I get it. Like, yeah, you know, happy off the course, happy on the course. But if you're playing well, <laughs> I actually think, you know, if you're, if you're happy on the course, you're happy off the course. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Easy, it's still just a bit easier. Yeah. Works both ways. I don't know if I'm being a bit sceptical there, but it's easy when you've just gone to world number one and you've just, you know, bashed up another first class field to go, oh, I'm really happy with life. So, you know, <laughs> I think a lot of us would be. Uh, but interesting talking about his time there. He, uh, has shifted his like business focus off the course into um, he's got an investment fund and he's got a guy looking after that for him. He obviously has got some goals that he wants to reach financially. He did a podcast talking about how he wanted to get to a point where he had no sponsors and he's just got his own, basically his own businesses and so forth. And so he doesn't have to do any corporate days and that's kind of almost paying himself really. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe a shift because he's kind of taken himself out the bracket of being another tour player who has sponsors and has corporate responsibilities and had to do days with different people like you know in his let's say his Nike contract he may have to do you know 12 days a year or 10 days or whatever it is and he's trying to move it away so he can have all the time back to himself and have his money working for him and that's maybe a part of his confidence and also probably differentiates him from everyone else that will be when he arrives at a golf course because he likes to be quite unique and individual probably mentally that will make him feel like he's elevated a little bit mm. himself because he's not like everybody else. He'll no, turn I, up going, I'm not like you lot and do go and work for your money. My money works for me and I just go and play golf. Yeah, you're right. I think I've, I've never heard anyone voice that as a, as a goal or a target. Uh, what a great idea as well. Like it must be really hard for these guys, the guys at the top there, like you say, they're um, 
sponsors and their uh, obligations to do this, that and the other that we never hear about, really. You never see. It is a grind, isn't it, for these guys that uh, they have their time pulled from them. So, yeah, what an amazing goal that would be to be totally sort of... Um, I mean, obviously, he's got loads of wedge already. Yeah. He's, got, he's got plenty. I was going to say, this is like, this don't sound like an issue to me. No. Uh, it, <laughs> but then I think he'll get used to a lifestyle. So, like... Yeah. You have to, you see all these players, you think how much money is enough, but they have yeah. to keep working to keep that money up. Yeah, but even way, with, off with the golf course. With these sponsor days and stuff like that, they still get to do things like that a lot of other people can't do. Like, and it is a dream for a lot of people to go and do them things. So I think when you, you know, when you've got, say, if you had however many millions in the bank and you've got another sponsor giving you some more, bit more money, like Shane Lowry, for instance, he's like, why not? He's one at Wentworth, you know, he's going to got boozed at night and then he's got a golf day the first thing the next morning and then he's got to fly from there to the next tournament that's that bit where you think oh he's you know he's only got, got to get up and do a golf day but it's yeah. uh had no sleep got to the golf day which drags and then you've got to get straight to the next tournament to then prepare to then perform how we would think oh Shane Lowry should be playing amazing again he played last week but in between he hasn't been able to maybe prepare how he would yeah the week before or something like that it's a weird one because it seems like you know it's not as if they play 52 weeks a year but it does yeah but, yeah, but then that is why up. he's getting paid, right? That's why he's accepting that. He's accepting he's got to do that. That's why he's accepting the money to do that. Yeah, which kind of brings it back into Rory's point of like, I don't want to do that. I want to be yeah. actually focus on my golf game and get those, you know, those like, you think 10, 12, 15 full days back to work on your game or to rest over the next person at that level. Because we're not talking about, you know, with all due respect, like Euro Pro level where you can just kind of get away with, oh, I might play well at some point, like... Yeah, you're playing a tournament where you're at your peak of your powers, and you've got John Rahm, who's at the peak of his powers, chasing you down. Those tiny little details that yeah, might be that that one day might be a difference, yeah. and you know that's what gets you to world number one. Because I think Roy, he's an investor in Whoop, right? Early investor, yeah, very early, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then it'll, there'll be a bunch of other stuff. So he's been quite smart with his yeah. investments yeah. Uh, over time, and it's yeah, but it is an odd one, isn't it? you know, like with all the live chat. Yeah, how much money is enough money? But it's like, well, you've got to take the money. Uh, there was chats like yesterday talking about, you know, Cam Smith going, was it 120 or 140? You know, how much money do you actually need? But you can say that about any level. We all sit here, we all got a home, all got a car, you know, may, maybe got two cars in our family. We've got like, you know, more than enough bedrooms. You've got the next person who, you've got three people in the bedroom, don't have a car, and to walk to a bus stop thinking, look at those people. They got, why do they need all that money? They could, you know, they could spend the money on this. It's There's always a level of that sort of stuff. 100%. And, and it's a good point because I think Rory now finds himself in a category where the high net worth individuals that he's dealing with now are probably far greater than him. And yeah. not that he, not that it's a game to him, but to survive in that environment or if you want to get involved in that environment, he's going to have to be able to talk not just about golf at the dinner table or on holiday with the families. He's going to have to be able to talk about business. He's going to, and he, he probably knows a lot about business already. He's probably had to manage an awful lot of his, his journey or have a say in it. But to have investments, like you say, or to have funds or in be involved in other companies, like it's just going to give him more depth as an individual. And when golf, he might not want to be it, playing golf at this level forever. To have something else in the equation, like it, like all of us, really, if it's just golf, 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 at some point it's going to go the wrong way and it, you never know how quickly it's going to come back. Whereas if you've got other things in your life, it helps that tra- if it just goes off a little bit, you say, okay, well, I'm going to pull, pull the brakes on that. I'm just going to focus it. I've got something else and I'll come back to this. And then more often than not, it comes back to you quicker, doesn't it? Because you just get that mental break. You get to say, okay, I'm just going to focus on this. So I think it might well bode well for him long-term because he's got all these other things that he's got. He's got something else in his life rather than just like, oh, well, I've got to hold on to this now. I'm world number one. I've got nothing else. This, I've made yeah. it. I've done it. You know, so it all sounds pretty good. It sounds like it's well planned out yeah. for him to be in this position and now have something else to yeah. say, okay, well, this is great, but we're also moving towards this as well. So don't lose sight of that. Spend quite a bit of time with Tiger, like kind of last winter. And it's yeah. probably those sort of chats and those sort of things that are coming out. He probably, like you said, as well as he's doing, he's probably looking at Tiger thinking, I'm nowhere near this guy. Yeah. You know, look at what he's doing and look at what he's done. And that is definitely all all part of it. It's part of the process. So, you know, if, if Tiger didn't have half of what he had, would he have performed in the way that he did? Maybe, maybe not. Like, was he able to just focus on his golf because he knew everything else was taken care of? You know, you know the, I mean, we'll, we'll never know the answer, but it's likely. 
because you know Tiger seems to have never played for money, but he's never played for money because he's always had money. Yeah. So if it, if he didn't have it, would he have been as good? We won't know, but I don't think he would have been as good because no. he, he, his sole focus wasn't. He was able to just get up and do what he wanted and be driven by that and not have any other distractions. So um, yeah, good luck to Roy. Hope hopefully he's okay with his hundreds of millions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll be all right. Exactly. But, but game wise, I thought he looked really good. His putting has been really good for a long time now. The work that he does with Brad Faxon is seems to work for him during the tour champs it was probably the first time you heard them how they worked on something technically how because he does lift the putter up a little bit on the way through hits the ball quite high in the face at the bottom of the putter a little bit which came up yesterday but it didn't really affect him too much you you see that technical flaw not i don't know if it is a flaw so maybe that's why he misses the odd short putt but he was very good this week Uh, the greens were absolutely fantastic john rahm world number five now he looked really good. You know, one recently in Spain playing his home championship. I mean, what what do you boys think about John Rahm's game? It's been good for a long time, isn't it? I think he's very good mentally as well. Like, and he has he has a good head off as well, doesn't he? Mm. He loves he, a good head off, good old swear. I think I think I like the only it. I think the only reason he's not been uh, winning or doing so well in the like, let's say the last five or six months was just his putting, wasn't it? He was referencing mm. his putting was just a bit cold. But maybe that's just the only thing that's turning around. Yeah, I mean, every time you see him hit it, or he's focused on in the on the broadcasting, he looks to be hitting good shots. But yeah, it's just obviously not had the short game pulling him together recently. But it's coming good. I, it's hard. I can't see John Rahm as an old player like on the seniors tour. I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if his body will, the way he rips through it. He turns so hard yeah. through the ball. Like, I feel like he's going to have, uh, I don't know. I just feel like he's, he will start that, that missing. Short swing will just get shorter and shorter. Shorter and shorter. He won't yeah. even make it to his hip. Yeah. Back. He, won't, he won't be able to get it back as well. But I like him. I like, I like the way, way he plays. Yeah, he's, he shot an amazing 62 on the Friday, which obviously he did putt well. And then on the Saturday, his putting was shocking. Like he, yeah, yeah he did. He hit, was hitting putts a long way past, leaving... You know, leaving the next part, he'll leave six, seven feet short. And then I think he did one part was maybe about 40 feet. And he say, let's say he left it like eight feet short. Was it his rhythm of his putting? Did it look off? It just, mean, it just doesn't look comfortable. Yeah. Like, it remember. looks like, you know, like the rhythm's out, but it's almost as if he's mishitting it. So it looks like the rhythm's off. Yeah. He had a putt from about 40 feet, left it eight feet short. And then he left that putt short. And he missed a hole from, you know, like 10 feet, which he should, probably shouldn't do. Wasn't really threatening. And he just... He just doesn't look comfortable. He missed a few short putts. And you know when someone misses a short putt and they, they stand back and on the line because they've misread it. Like, he's just not hitting great putts. But on the Friday, he was obviously on. But, you know, that's that piece in putting, which obviously skill always overrides technique. But if your technique's not quite right, for whatever reason, it will come up. If you're not quite got your eye in that day, that, that will come up. And it just looked like he was mishitting putts slightly. There's a technical glitch in there. You know, it's, it's going to be very small, but there's a technical glitch in there, which is just not good because the rest of his game, I mean, he's got a money short game. He's great around the greens. He drives it, obviously, fantastic. Although everyone talks about how well he drives. He does drive it amazingly, but he doesn't. He does hit the odd bad drive. It's not just firing every single shot down the fairway. I mean, it's good, but in a few instances where he had a reload once or twice this week, you know, it doesn't hit it the same way. hits that little fade all the time. But in general... Yeah, he's obviously his game's all there. It's just that putting is not very good under pressure. On. I think. Yeah, I think maybe you know his attitude. He's quite a quite an aggressive attitude, isn't he? And he yeah. he does he has his head offs, but it's not through. He doesn't back off, does he? At no, any a point, bit like a Tyrrell, like he almost yeah. needs it a little bit. Yeah, to get him he, fired up. He had a head off at some point last night, didn't he? Where I think something was kicking off in the crowd. And the, I, I saw him lose it. The, the actually, yeah. they they pulled off him, but you saw him totally immediately. I think he missed it right, and he turned straight to the crowd. And yeah, and it, I think there were a few a few expletives. Yeah, I think on the Friday, it was number fifteen, which is like kind of it is drivable. Yeah, it wasn't drivable that day, but Rory was able to get there, and he was up, and John Rahm was up on the green, and Rory obviously just got, went after one and just tanked one down there, and it just ran onto the front, and then they had the camera which was at the green looking back down the hole when John Rahm was there like putting his arms up. Yeah. I was going on. It'd be funny to know if he was like doing it for Bant or if he was actually annoyed with him. It only, tri- it only trickled on. 
That was a good hole, wasn't it? Actually, really good um, hole. That that played really well mm. over the four days. Like they moved the tees around a little bit, and because yeah. they have the trees on the left, and that blocks out. You've got a. It's not you've a simple got to draw it, drive. But then the greens that's left to right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old bunker makes it really tricky. So yeah, that that was really good. But I think just Rory world number one. Does this mean he's going to win majors next year? I hope so. It's just the one, though, isn't it? It's oh yeah, just, I don't it's care just, about any other majors just, yeah. other than the Masters. Yeah, it's he's, the just, he's got the to masters. get across the line on the Masters and that's it. And it's then, the one that suits him. Yeah. He's got to win. Yeah, He's got to. Yeah, that's it. He's I mean, just got to win. He came as simple second, as that. He came I mean, second this year, but he kind of backed into that. Like I know it was an amazing last round, 262, but he was never in the mix. No. no. Like Even coming second and Scheffler was completely in control. And, you know, even with Sheffield four putt in the last hole, he was still, it was yeah. comfortable, wasn't it? If he tucks away the Masters in the next, let's say this 23-24, then the floodgates, I think, open up again. Like the the chances of more than 10 majors for Rory, you know, opens up again. But I th- honestly, yeah. I feel if he can't get that that Masters under his belt, I, th- I think that's just an issue for him. Is it? He can probably get over that himself, but it's the, it's the pressure that everyone else puts on him. Oh, that week, that week just becomes the bogey week, doesn't it? The longer yes. it goes on, and it's it's not necessarily that in his mind, <laughs> but it gets put on him, and I feel like then it becomes something. There's an, like a maybe an anxiety, or there's just a uh, something around him that week that until he gets it done, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for him there. So I think I, he needs to go in there being world number one. I think he needs. I think he's in that place now. He needs to go in there being world number one and own this own, own this space because that's what he. He wanted it this week. You could tell, like, he's played down a bit, but you could just, and you could tell in his interview when he was all emotional, like, he just loves being world number one. Like, he wants, he loves the target being on his back. And he's done that off the course this year with all he's done with all the chat and kind of leading from the front with the, the live chat and so forth. But I think that's really helped him. Yeah, like it, has, it has really helped him. Because he's, a lot of his rivals have gone away from him. So now on the PJ Tour. He's saying that the PJ Tour is shit now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm, <laughs> sa- I'm saying for Rory that he's now walking, he loves walking around with that bounciness. He loves being the boy, isn't he? Like yeah, how he is. bouncy walk. Now he's like more of the man that he's not, his rivals are not there with him as much now, if you know what I mean. So he can, he feels like he is the main man now on the PJ Tour and obviously the world now. Yeah, he's in the, he's, he's, taking that mantle and he's now playing well and I think maybe this time is when he goes to Augusta world number one he can take that pressure on as Tiger used to mm. he was that happy to rock up world number one target behind his back and, and perform yeah. whereas maybe before it was a bit more he might win because he sneak, sneaks under the radar not that Roy goes around under the radar anywhere but more so with his own game whereas now I think I think he almost preferred to be world number one and win rather than to just yeah. I mean, but this time last year, he was, I think he was outside top world 15. He was maybe 14th or 15th yeah. this time a year ago. So he's really turned it around. But I feel like he, he lost that cocky, arrogant side of him, which I feel like you need to be a really good golfer at times. Like it's not a bad thing. It's just that the way like he will answer questions sometimes, like a little bit, like some of it was a good shot. And he'd be like, yeah, it was good that, wasn't it? You know, like something like that. It was just, I felt like he lost that a little bit. And then now in his interviews, that's starting to come back. Well, and you can see on the course as well, the way he speaks to Harry. It's Harry, isn't it? It's Caddy, yeah. The conversations there and even the body language, the facial expressions are very different over the last, since I'd say tour champs, I've been looking at how that relationship works. And Rory is now, it's not, it doesn't look like two friends now that are out and they're sort of umming and ahhing type thing. Rory knows what he's doing. He's the boss. It's a, like, it's a proper solid conversation. There's no, like I said, there's no umming or ahhing or he looks like there's emotion involved or this. It, it just looks like he knows what he's all about. He's ticking those boxes and he just pulls the trigger and he's, his chest is out. He's, he's, you know, a couple of inches taller. Like he just, him and his team look like they are working in the direction that they knew that they were trying to to get to, and it's now in full flow. That that's how I see it uh, from just the stuff that you can see on TV. Obviously, I'm not involved on any level. I don't know anything from the inside, but you can tell a lot from body language, facial expression, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I think that all just looks way more professional now. Yeah, definitely. But maybe they didn't have a plan in place before. They got to world number one and that was it. It was just like, we'll just keep doing that. The goal is get to, to get to world number one a lot. Yeah. Uh, you hear quite a few players, uh, John Rahm spoke about that as well. Yeah. Tiger never really fell short of that. But as I was saying, they're like John Rahm, maybe Rory. 
the goal is to get to our number one, but not like what's the contingency. Yeah. Like when you get there, what's the next goal? But like you said earlier with Rory, like now he's got he's got a bit of an end goal or, or where he wants to be. Mm. So this is just part of it. So now he's just going to carry on on that journey to. What's what do you think is uh, what do you think the pitfalls are from here for Rory? Now to our number one over the next couple of years, playing less. If he plays less. Well, it goes off like counts his money and stuff. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> I I think if he, I think he's done such a great job for the PGA Tour in trying to uh, stabilise it versus live. I think getting dragged into anything, let's say uh, twenty three season now or whatever we're in, getting dragged into anything further with the live stuff. I think you've you've drawn your line in the sand. Everyone knows where you you stand. You're world number one. You know. I think getting dragged into any anything that might be coming from live any sort of silly games or court cases or that could be an issue because now he is the poster boy he's the he's put his his name down as listen you know I'm happy to get stuck in I just hope that there's nothing silly that goes on next year you know PJ Tour versus live uh, I see that might be a, a slight thing that could get in the way so you think it might it might go over the hill so it's doing good now but it could become too much yeah, I, I think he's there. he's like he's, he's nailed it, and it's really helped him to get to this point. Mm. But I think I hope that the PJ Tour don't rest anything coming from Live Next or whatever, whatever the the court case is, because I know there's a, a delay on it all. That they don't rely on Rory to fight all the battles, like either the other players get involved. Or they just protect him somewhat because he's done all the hard work to this point. The only pitfall I can really see, like I think family's good. Like, I don't know whether they're planning to have another kid. Maybe if there's another kid yeah, involved, that's probably that, next now, isn't that it? could yeah. that could change things slightly. Yeah. But by the sounds of things, he's got one eye on the future. Like with his, like you say, his investments. That may be the thing. They might be saying, "We want to try for another one, bigger family. Want to spend more, yeah. bit more time with them." So I need. Less, I need those 12 days back, as you say. Yeah. So he's probably got one eye on the future anyway. He's got a plan. So he, like Josh said, like maybe there wasn't a plan before, but now there is. And other than the live responsibilities from the PJ Tour, I, I can't see and many f- other things. From a technical standpoint, as we already know, as, he's putting, as long as his putting carries on as it is, he'll always do His well. wedge play has been the big revelation this year in his game. The technical side yeah, of, that's it, true. of all the other yeah, stuff, his true. wedge play is, it's been, that's been the big change. He hits it pin high yeah. a lot. It doesn't look like he's not as diggy as he used to be. He's showing it out of touch. So obviously a bit of a softer ball flight. Not as much spin as before. Although when we were doing the um, commentary and Ollie Wilson was in the studio with Sarah Sturck and myself and we were talking about big up Rory's wedge play and he's got like 110 yards into this one hole and we're giving it all the big one and he must have missed the green by like 15 <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah, massive, <laughs> a massive chunky pull. Oh, no. But around that, it was actually really good because he's got a really good short game. A short game. I, I always say this. His short game is so underrated. Mm. It's so good. And his bunker play. Yeah, really good. Seriously good. Yeah, yeah I mean... Rory very rarely regresses though, does he? He's just had areas of his game that needed to improve, like uh, when they were highlighted, like uh, wedge play and putting, things like that. When he, he's, he's dealt with a lot of those things now. And as you say, his package is far greater than what it was in other times he's made it to world number one. He doesn't often regress. So again, regression, in it, obviously people see lulls in their performance, mm-hmm. but I can't see his game regressing. Like, his, it, You know what? His game's not changed very much, has it? He had that no. one... That one stint where he got dragged in, like everybody did in the world of golf, of trying to hit it far, and it and it regressed a little bit then, and he recognised it, and he went, "That's not me." Oddly enough, I think he's got longer again, but in his own way, not via chasing. Yeah. Other way, I think just from playing better and probably tweaking the equipment and getting more and more confident, not not down the route of trying to smash it because he knew that that was in there. But around that, his game's not really changed very much over the years. I mean, so he had that thing where he went and got advice from Butch and then he worked with Pete Caron for a little while, which was from chatting to his dad, it was a bit more about, that was about his wedge play, but he was always going to go back to Michael Bannon. Now he's back with Michael Bannon and he seems very settled. So he's kind of gone through that, done that searchy thing, mm. which most professionals do at some point, and he's not, it's not lasted very long. And then he's just gone, actually, I'm just going to stick with my first coach and then just keep playing which is, you know, we've seen quite a lot of players not do that. You know, I've done it myself, myself included. No, I've not been anywhere near Rory's level, but you see a lot of professionals lead the coach because they want something new and then bounce through a bunch of coaches and then, you know, you're almost in no man's land. 
and that hasn't happened with him. And, and another person for that, I think, has done well is Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth has gone through a real lull, or like he had, who was amazing, world number one, and then dropped off, and he was gone for a while, like proper gone, like just missing cuts. And he just stuck with his coach, and he's worked it back. And okay, he's not world number one like he was, but he's just decided that if I stick with my formula, I will have ups and downs, but experience will get me get me to where I need to go and be and be better. Yeah, he's definitely seen to weather that storm as he's coming out the back end of that now and it's, it's looking good. And again, Ricky Fowler started to play all right again, hasn't he? He's gone back Most to recently. Butch. Yeah, so again, he's he's had a real tough time. Yeah, he's, he, Butch Harmon stopped travelling and like, resides in Vegas. He had to go see him there. So he decided to, he moved. I can't think of what, what Ricky Fowler's other coach was who he moved to. Obviously had a bit of a lean, a lean couple of years, started to play better again, but he's recently gone back to Butch Harmon again. I mean, the Harmon seem to have the magic touch. Yeah. Both of them. They, you know, Brooks and DJ have migrated away from, say, Claude. Brooks then gone back to Claude's and then won on the live tour. Yeah. Recently. They just have, seem to have the Midas touch. Sometimes it's the grass right. isn't always greener, is it? Like yeah. you say, we all go through these phases where you just... In a, in a bid to try and find something better, you start to search and sometimes you take a side road that you never, you know, wasn't the right one and you come back back to, you know. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Especially with working in your game. Sometimes you think, I'm not really progressing or I'm working with somebody that's not really going that great. But like that, it not feeling quite great or what can feel a bit shit to you when sometimes you then, you know, when you, you go off down another path and then you look at your goal swing from a year ago when it felt... Oh, I wasn't quite in my place. You look back and you go, actually, it's actually really, yeah. actually really good that. So maybe like feeling like you're not quite doing enough or it being a little bit shit is the, but sometimes, maybe that's the place we need to live as golfers. And that place is sometimes part of the journey of it. It feels like that, doesn't it? When you make a change, sometimes it does feel a bit uncomfortable and then it doesn't feel too good. But Even then your you game, start getting You know, your game's like, it doesn't feel it's quite on. Yeah, yeah. And then you look back and you go, actually, well, that's actually all right. Yeah. Game there. Yeah. And if I had this mindset when I was going through that time, I would have, yeah, I would have, you know, I was only missing it right, it. but now I'm missing it right and left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, every golfer wants to stand on a hole and think, is this going left or right? Oh, that is not yeah. good. The one for me, I think, with professional golfers or any most good players, the killer shot is definitely the push cut. When you see yeah. a, a golfer push cut in it, there's no chance. Like, yeah. even when, you, when I see golfers who overdraw it with a bit left. They're still like there or thereabouts each day, but as soon as you have, you know, I know myself, or you watch a golf and he, he just hits a block and it's cutting away from the target, they're gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> you, you, got, you got to fix that. But yeah, chatting about the Live Tour, but a few, we've had three events, haven't we? We've had the, the has it Chikara, they got the, the young lad that come out of college. Yeah, cool story, that. What, fourth event in? Yeah. Fourth event in wins. And, and dropped bucks. out of college early, didn't, yeah. didn't graduate, just yeah. made the decision to go. To go to yeah. Live. Wow. And, and done that and that was what was quite cool about that that was the same week that John Rahm won his event and John Rahm in his speech congratulated him mm. obviously the lad Spanish at the speech you know for the DP World Tour event that he won which was like you know you think oh wow stay away from that but yeah. he was happy to, let's just recognise that he's a young player and he's beaten some of the best players in the world yeah that's that was, pretty cool, to be fair. That was so, cool. So how much is he, what, is he won? Four, four mil for that, was it? Yeah, 4. just 4. over, because I think his team did well as well. I think and then just the, over the other events as well. So he's probably earned over five, isn't he? I mean, you had it all yeah. up at least. Yeah. yeah just come out. Some decision to drop out of college, yeah. Fair play. You, well, you can say what you want about it, but that is a uh, fair play to him. Yeah, amazing. He's, well, he's it's, it's 16th on the standings. Weird enough on their website, it doesn't say... And the money that they won. Yeah, it, it is hard to. The only way I can find out any of the money earnings is from um, Golf Digest. They do a link in there. Is that funny on their own website? It's, it's so much about money. Yeah, they yeah, don't. You can't find the money on there, which is like, almost like their their USP to yeah. what they're offering. That's Dod- dodgy accountant. <laughs> Live golf money standings must be somewhere. But yeah. It, it was good. Did he get? I, I didn't see it. Was it quite an emotional finish? Was it a good? Uh, a good I can't admit. I, can't I, I don't, don't watch it. I flicked it on a few times, and it's nice. You know, it's nice that it's got no breaks and it's on YouTube, and you know, everyone you can access it from anywhere in the world, which is quite good. Because that is another bit of annoying thing. Like I've been been away to the Middle East recently. I thought I want to watch the golf, so I put on my Now TV, and it doesn't let you because you're not in the right location. So that, that's a bit annoying. Whereas with the Live, you know, you can. You can pick it up and watch it from anywhere, which is quite good. But it's, it's quite, 
it does, just doesn't have the same consequence. Like, like it or not, it doesn't have like like last night watching Rory win a PJ Tour event. Hold, it does hold weight, and you, yeah. when you watch it, I'm not going to say you get nervous, but it's a bit of excitement. Whereas the live, because it's in its infancy, you kind of doesn't really matter who wins or not. It's a bit more of a novelty. Yeah. When you say was it emotional, I think Sergio, Sergio Garcia was more pumped than anyone. He ran on with a bottle <laughs> of champagne. He was going absolutely mental. Like. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I think he's up there with one of the most hated golfers in the world right now. He's really, yeah. Okay, so Eugenio Lopez Chikara plays six events. He's earned 6.1 million. He's okay. eighth on the standings. He's played 18 rounds of golf and he's already earned 6 million. And he was in college a little while ago, probably going to Subway saving money <laughs> every week. It's Ledge. That's mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. And DJ's up there with 31.6 million in earnings and then was awarded 18 million because he's the individual champion. Did you see the interview? Um, someone asked him the question, oh, you know, how do you feel now about the decision of coming to the Live Golf Tour? And he just said, oh, yeah, no, terrible, terrible <laughs> yeah. decision. Like, what have I done? Yeah, what have I done? I really regret it type thing. It's I mean, the bonus, these bonuses, Brandon Grace, 15 million, 15.6 million in earnings, 8 million in bonus points. And Peter Uline, 11.3 million and then 4 million in bonus for finishing third on the points list. So he's won over 15 million. I mean, Peter Ulan, obviously a really good player, but a very average PJ Tour player. Yeah. You know, he's not moved any sort of weight there. He's he's lost his car, been in and out of the Corn Ferry. Was he not better on the European Tour? Yeah, he was. He, he was very good on the European Tour. Yeah, he yeah. won. Him and Brooks kind of come over to the Challenge Tour a similar time. Yeah. I think Peter Ulan would have like done that battlefield promotion where he won three times. Yeah. And then, you know, one on the European Tour and he was really good. Then obviously, being a Yankee, he's going to migrate back to the PJ Tour, but it's not quite happened for him there. He's, he's, his talent has been way out there and his performance has not matched the talent. And then he's kind of got this little bit of a revival by going to live. Maybe because he maybe built the PJ Tour up in his head too much and couldn't operate. Yeah. And now he's gone over there and he's just slipped straight back into being in contention a bunch and... You know, and he's one one of the more prominent players. Some people j- will play better for different things, though, right? Like some people, like on the PGA Tour, one of like you say, play better purely for the heritage or what for the for the events, um, for the history. Whereas on the Live Tour, some people might are more money driven. Yeah. So they'll play better for them reasons. So maybe he's a mm. bit more. Bit yeah, more, for sure. I mean, geezer, I, but maybe it's interesting because obviously, we, like when we grew up. You know, getting to the European Tour was always like, that was that would be a, a great thing to do. I want to play on the European Tour. And I was able to get there, which was fine. And then when I had some injuries and dropped off and then got back to playing an event, it always seemed like quite a big deal. So even though your game was probably good enough, it may be when you hadn't played for a while, you, it would take you a while to settle back in to when you got the first few starts. And then when you get a few events in, then you're not even thinking about it, you're back to playing golf again. But that's just a mindset thing. And it's interesting now, like, now like covering golf a lot, seeing all these different tours and having a slightly different view because now, you know, having more opinions on the PJ Tour and what players do and, and it's like a bit of a hierarchy in my head as to what tournaments hold what sort of weight. I think now, even if I went back and played, I wouldn't have, like, the European Tour, like it or not, it wouldn't hold a high esteem in my head and I think I'd feel more relaxed because I would think, oh, actually, there's bigger fish to fry here. Yeah, yeah. And other stuff, which is odd because, you know, there was times when I got invites back into into European tour events, oh, this is a massive opportunity. Whereas now, I think, you know, getting a bit further in, I would be much more relaxed about it now. Obviously, you'd be into it, but I'd be much more relaxed about it because it wouldn't feel so beal and indoor. And yeah. maybe that's what Peter Uline had because his goal was always to be in the PGA Tour, likely, you know, his dad being such a big character in golf with the Kushner and so forth. That maybe it was, And now he's in this live tour, which is brand new, so there's no expectations. There's actually no history to it. So there's so it's almost maybe a bit easier, yeah. and also there's no cut and. But like you say, it's level. It's level. Like you said earlier about different things that are having levels, and you could you can like relate that to Rory. Like now he's been there a few times with world number one spot. You know, it's not too much for be on an end all with him now. It's the bit after that that he's now used to it. He now knows what to do. Well, he knows the formula. Yeah. To get to world number one now, to he knows what it takes. He's not guessing. He knows if I play like this at this level, that is actually the best in the world. Where otherwise other people might be thinking oh, I've never been there mm. I, don't know, I don't know exactly what that takes but talking about that I think it makes for an interesting conversation Dustin Johnson is now outside the top 20 in the world rankings yet for me he's still in the top three players in the world yeah you know he's still he's in that category I think you know he got 
when Justin Thomas, even Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, they're in a, a bracket. When they play really well, they're like, you know, have gotten to world number one. But they have to be at the peak of their powers to be the world number one. Whereas I th- you've got Rory, Ram, DJ. For me, they're the three players which they're like world number ones at a bit of a canter, really. If they're just operating, they don't need to be at the peak of their powers. Like Rory's not at the peak of his powers when he was near the peak of his powers at the moment. He's just playing really well every week mm. and kind of sitting in third and fourth gear. DJ, he's won the live tour. And, and this is now an issue now, isn't it, with the world rankings? Because it's going to belittle the world rankings because he's clearly not a you know, 22nd in the world golfer. Yeah, for me, it's Rory and DJ. 100% with them two, when you when you look at them, they, they are by far the best players in the world. And the fact that you said, I didn't even realise that where he was in the world there, that to me is madness. Yeah, he's tumbling. I mean, Cam Smith, he's... Cam Smith, I think, is number three. But because he's played well recently, he's hanging on. Yeah. But when he starts to tumble, he'll tumble as well. He'll, he'll whiz down the world rankings. Even though he's so good, though. Mm. Like, he's so good, like you say, I still think he's got to be at the peak. Oh, yeah. He's, for me, he's he could get to a number one, but he's not... Yeah. He couldn't just stay there easily. No, no. Whereas them two yeah. are just... Like, he's got to be getting the good bounces. So what's the latest with the world ranking points? What Obviously, they they had that thing with the with the Mina tour and stuff where they... Yeah, so that's, that's still under review. I mean, that's that was a weird one there. I I just think, is is there something slightly abstractive in there? Because the Live Tour, Live Tour events are now Mina Tour events. I think it's a Mina, if it wasn't, if it didn't have Live attached to it and Mina did it, I think it probably would have gone under the radar and they would have given them points. But now it, yeah. it's going under review and rightly so. You know, there should be a review process and things should be under scrutiny to make sure yeah. it's all done right because it's an official, it's the official world ranking. You know, it needs to go through that. But is that showing up a shortcoming on the world rankings previously that a tour like the Mina Tour could have put an event on and got the world ranking points straight away. And then the next thing is it's hurting the players on the Live Tour. If they're going to end up giving it to them, there needs to be a bit of urgency because every week they don't sort it out, they're falling further down the rankings, which then makes the tournaments going forwards weaker. Because now you've got, instead of everybody's further down the list, which means there's less points because everyone's starting from lower down. So... I do feel like it's something that needs to be rectified very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because that is going to become frustrating. But I don't know, what's, what do you think? I mean, my, my opinion is they just give them world ranking points. 100%. Like they, they've already, like you say, they're already lower down. Majors coming up just for the good of the game. Ryder Cup, loads and loads. So Rory's come out, a lot of other players have come out and said that they should have it. I think they want to play against the best in the world. They... And if you are going to be world number one, you, you don't want any excuses as well to say, but if he's playing there and they haven't got world ranking points. So I think I think they should do it. Yeah, I, I think they should put something in place. Say it's under review, but have points available, uh, allocated for both tours so that events like, I know Ryder Cup's a bit of a, a difficult one, but there'll, there'll be events further down the line that will be affected if this doesn't get sorted for a year, let's say. And like you say, the the world ranking, these top players fall down the, the list. It's going to be very hard. It's going to take another year or two years for these guys to earn the points back. Whereas just say, look, this is under review and some points could be stripped away from you in the future if this goes the wrong way for you. However, Let's keep it all the same. Let's allocate some points to this tour now. They've it's been a couple of weeks or whatever. So the Mina Tour Live Tour thing. We'll allocate those points like the Mina Tour originally had, and then review it. You know, if they find that no, this is this isn't right, then those players will tumble down, and then they they find their natural place because they've made their decision. Blah blah blah. But if they find that actually no, that yeah, this was wrong. These guys should have been getting points. It's going to be very hard to just reinstate those points and then chuck them back up the list. I think yeah. you just got to be have something in place now or ASAP and then sort of deal with it in the future because then events that are upcoming in the next year or two won't be affected. They might well still have the best players in the world in them, whereas you, it's going to be very difficult to say, well, well, actually, you should have accumulated this many points. So you, unfortunately, Dustin, you're, you're 120th in the world, but because we've made this ruling, we're going to make you third in the world. Mm. And that's not going to sit oh. right at all. And then to play devil's advocate, like the live to probably need, they need to give a little bit on their own criteria because well, the criteria for the official world rankings is that you need to have a, a four day event at some point in your schedule and you have to have a Q school and so forth. And they don't have that. Mm. So as much as I think they should have those 
points. You should be happy to adapt. Like yeah. there needs to be a bit of compromise on both sides. They can't just come and shift their weight in. No, no I, I agree. Just say, just give us points because we're already good at golf. Like yeah. they, then they set it up. They knew what the criteria was. Yeah, spot on. I think you bang on. And I think if they do do that, I think they, they've got to give it to them. They've got well, to. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the only reason they're not because they... But they're not, they're not actually, have they come out and said, we're not going to change? Is it not? Has it, has the Liv have said Liv that? said that? They, they, they haven't said that, but they, that's right. what I mean, they, the that reason is, they're not getting it is because they don't fill the criteria. So right. the other option for Liv Tour is just to fill the criteria. Yeah. Because at the moment, they're giving them every reason to say, you don't right. okay. I didn't. I didn't know that was a fact. And then I would say it's down to Liv now. Mm. Yeah, like that, they should do that. They, could do, they should yeah. change. But then now joining, being part of the Mina Tour, they essentially they could say that's the whole technical piece is like, yeah, we can. We've got a tour school. Yeah, because we're part of the Mina Golf Tour. <laughs> yeah, it's a massive mess, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's there's a lot of logistics around it, isn't there? They've mm. got to then um then do the world ranking system say right? Well, you have to. There has to be a Q school for 2023, and it has to be active. You know now, and when you'll only get the points allocated once that qualifying school is you know taken place, and you've allocated X amount of players, and they're actually seen on your tour. That's going to take months. Where I mean, or it could not. Yeah, I mean, it, I it's could just an urgency. Around, it just needs yeah. to be like they just need to make a decision. Need to. I mean, it sounds a bit dramatic, but if I could just make a decision quickly and get to it. Just tell them, no, you can't have the ranking points, you've got to change. Then the Liv can then react and change or not change. Because otherwise, the world ranking points are going to die, basically, which is not what we want. Because, you know, it's a great thing in the world. It could really ruin the game, yeah. Because right now, Rory's world number one, and it seems like he's the best player. But, you know, five, six, seven years' time, you go, yeah, asterisk. Yeah. 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 DJ wasn't playing, was he? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, they've, they've got to change that. Hopefully they do it quickly. And not the Ryder Cup. Like, imagine the Ryder Cup comes down to Rory and DJ on the final day. Like, how good would that be? Some of the players are talking about they saying they should let the players play in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, but they, they, it's hard. They, sh- they should. It's not a tour Who? versus tour, is it? No, well, it's not. It kind of is, isn't it? Is it? No, no. Yeah, well, it, no because you've got it's kind of European got, tour versus the but PGA you've tour. got um, they run it. You've got mem- uh, so run, Rory is a member Ryder of Cup? the European tour and the PGA tour. They have to be a Do member you, of the tours playing on each team, don't they? Because yeah. oh, okay. because Paul wasn't Paul Casey uh, dropped his. That's right. No, you're right. You're European right. tour membership, didn't he? Which made him ineligible to play. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, but then so if they left the, but then saying that is DJ left the PJ tour now, so he's ruled himself out. Yeah. he's ruled himself yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He? he was the first one to do that, wasn't he? Yeah, I did. Yeah, as you say, Zane, it's just a mess, isn't it? You, you, <laughs> this is this is like a four or five hour podcast, and you could yeah. have not actually achieved anything, just gone round in circles. Like it, it is a mess, but someone needs to. You know, all these governing bodies need to get a grip. Mm. Yeah, they're really... And sharpish. Yeah. You've got this, it's all politics as well involved as well, isn't there? It's not just that. <sighs> oh, well. Well, yeah, hopefully hopefully they get their heads together and they can like press on. It's good to see the MENA tour coming back. They put out a schedule. It was obviously quite funny to see the schedule mix in with, that, with the other tour and have like 20 million events, purses for two weeks and then $75,000 purses for the next three weeks um but hopefully some good comes out of that um the euro pro obviously went that was a bit of a shock to a lot of people even people that worked in it didn't know that was coming um the euro pro has gone for a quite it's been running for a long long time now and uh, it was a real place for for players to develop their skills and bump up onto the challenge tour and that's now being cut so that's a real disappointment and the clutch tour have kind of picked up the slack a little bit and they've they built up some good relationships with the DP World Tour and there's going to be plenty of opportunities for some young players to, to come through. Um, but yeah, it's a real shame about the Euro Pro Tour. Yeah, we've all, we've all played events on there and um, it's a great step. So. You didn't like the Euro Pro Tour anyway. No, I didn't. No. I mean, the, the few Euro Pro Tour events I to with Josh, I'm pretty sure if I hadn't gone, he wouldn't have gone. No. And I think you ended up walking off. <laughs> Euro Pro to retired you. I did. <laughs> Halfway for a round, not even uh, playing bad. And I made an eagle. It was, <laughs> I literally walked off off an eagle. It's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't sound great, but there was other reasons to that. Yeah, but there's so many good players have gone through that, haven't they? Mm. Yeah, I, I feel it's a bit of a shame that they hadn't given anyone an opportunity to maybe take it over. Yeah. It feels like odd. it was like, this I mean, is it, it's got, ending. It's got world ranking points. Yeah. You know, that, that it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Maybe put it out there and go, does anyone want to take sure they have they must maybe. have had conversations with somebody take it not publicly though was it? it wasn't no 
but then you know it is, it is a massive headache yeah of course and they stopped doing it because they said it was because of the current climate and they couldn't get sponsors and so forth so mm. you know there must be more there's obviously a lot more to it yeah than that we don't know but talking of that i kind of bring us back to the dp world tour so yannick paul he won this week he's coached by shaheen nakjavani who's quite an interesting kind of online based coach really he works and he's you know worked with a couple of tour players now he worked with darren clark when he has some wins online and they works with yannick paul i'm sure he does a bit of work with him in person as well but does a lot of it online which is a bit of a new age thing now winning on dp world tour richard mansell thought this week was going to be the week where he was going to get it done and he had a bit of a shocker uh last round again that's a couple of times now he's got himself in the mix and not quite got it done just looking for his name here i think i think js is probably going to sideline him now isn't he He's got to. Uh, yeah. But you know, you know they do them interviews um, through the round. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. On the last day, I don't think I'll do one of them. Did if I was in contention. When was the last one he did of that? Was that at Dunhill? Uh, no, he did one. I'm pretty sure he did one on the like, in the last round. I remember switching it on. Oh, it right. might have been... I'm pretty sure it was the last round. Okay. 74 in the last round, three over par. But them interviews, when you're talking, how's it all going and stuff, oh, just uh, head yeah. down, like, yeah, exactly. last day. Jog on, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm getting this done. Yeah, you, you need a bit of that. Yeah, I mean, he shot a 61 on, well, he shot a 61 on Saturday in the third round, which is the old adage of, like, trying to follow up that round with another good round is really difficult. We saw John Rahm struggle with that this week. He was able to scrap it around in 70 after shooting at 62. Yeah. Um, and then shooting at 61, which which is amazing, but it does. For some reason, the expectation changes. It's just a hard thing to do. Funny you say that. That was one of the questions that got asked to him. How do you follow up a good round? Did, did he say, I've not got a clue? I, I could have Depending on what said. hole it was, it's probably uh, not like this. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It's early on in his round, and he probably wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. Like. You doesn't you don't need these outside variables coming more into your head when you're trying to win a golf. But tour. is that is that the modern world? Because I reckon ten years ago, I think it was like you wouldn't go on social media, you know, during the week of playing a tournament. Whereas now, you just you learn to that this is a part of life now, and I'm going to be on it, you know. And then yeah. now in round uh, interviews, which yes, again, ten years ago would have been like, oh my, everyone would have scoffed at it. It shouldn't happen. But where the DP World Tour are now, they've got to do these sort of things to make it a bit more interesting. It's kind of like if you watch the DP World Tour. That's probably one USP that it's got over the other tours. You get to hear from the players in the last round. They do a good job of it. It's that's something he's got to just deal with, right? He's got. There's no point in hiding away from it because then, because then you would get stressed as Incy's coming towards you and you're playing quite well. You like try not to make eye contact with her and looking away, and this then it's still uh, in your head. I Whereas can... going like I've got an answer. I'm going to go out. Yeah, I remember like back in the day, I remember being a bit nervous about like doing speeches at tournaments. You know, like when I was yeah. uh, when I was younger, and you gets in your head because you're playing. You think I'm gonna have to do a speech later, and then you then worry about your speech. You still got six holes to play, and then I was kind of taught like, why don't you just write out your speech beforehand? Yeah. So it's dealt with. So when it comes up, you're like, I've dealt with that, which yeah. is quite a good thing because then you're planning to win, and so forth. But is that a thing where now you got to like, it should be in your armory to go like, right, if they come up to me, this is what I'm going to talk about because if, if you're pla- if someone if- asks you a question, you can just say what you want to say. You haven't got to ask. You, have, you actually haven't got to answer what the media journalists ask you. You can talk about whatever you want. You got the yeah. platform. I get, I get that. That's a great way of dealing with it. I, I totally cocoa agree. pops or something. Yeah. <laughs> how many wheat bits you have? Yeah, how, how, how do you feel about following up a good round uh, on the back of a good round? Yeah, my cocoa pops this morning. <laughs> I really like them, yeah. Do you think that the modern day player now, you know, 10 years ago, they weren't eating properly, they weren't training properly, probably longer than that, actually, to be honest, whereas now they all are and they've all got their coaches. This, and Do you think the modern day player is media trained as well? Yeah, I'd say so more, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be part if, of your armoury, as you if say. If you are like, not, you're giving something up. Yeah. 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 For multiple reasons. One, it'll put you off during the round. If you get approached, you know, to deal with it, you get nervous. The other part is your own profile and your marketability is a massive piece, because like it or not, I think people are okay now with saying like, yes, I play golf to win, but like it's a business, so I'll do it for, for money. Yeah. And then from the viewer experience, I think it's, you know, it's a bit of a requirement, really, isn't it, to be yeah. able to share yeah. your thoughts? Because so it's got built. It's part of building the game now. It's the yeah. modern game for it to evolve and carry on. I think the younger people now have got so many more phone, like phone in their hand for longer. You're gonna want that. 
yeah. players have got to do that to grow just, the game. It's just funny to think though, isn't it? When, all those years ago when we were all focused on trying to get to the top and we were, you know, seeing a physio or a trainer or whatever, but now these guys will genuinely be sitting down and saying, right, well, I also need to get some media training and I need to get a, a handle on my social media. Like, it's just mad. Yeah. yeah. Mad. The full, full, like, team experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, golf, golf must be so expensive now if you're trying to climb the ladder. Like, you talk about building a team, like, yeah. young guy that's trying to get there. Yeah, it's because it's not acceptable that you can just get by because you're a pretty good player now. No. Those are pretty good players. It's get always to a certain level, wouldn't things. you? You'd be yeah. able to. Yeah, like Euro Pro now is pretty cheap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you know what, even like with Euro Pro, if you really dumb it back, you'd almost be better off getting like twenty of your mates. So right, let's all just chuck four hundred quid in. We'll play local, and then do that because you think like on the Euro Pro. To, to be fair. You need to finish 15th out of 164 players to get your money back. Yeah. Makes no sense financially, which is obviously why, you know, a lot of people run out of money and then it doesn't... Plus the hotels and dinners. Yeah, and, and it's like a long week, isn't it? So your expenses for a week are probably 700 quid now, yeah. at least. And then you finish 15th, you work you know, 700 quid and you've done your whole week and you come away with absolutely nothing. Yeah. You'd be better off saying, look, there's 20 of us. Let's all chuck in uh, 300 quid. You know, there's six grand. Let's go and play for that and we'll play, we'll do like two days and yeah. we won't have to drive, you know, up north if you live in the south or, or vice versa. And, and like it or not, it'll be mad competitive. Yeah. You'd be nervous, like playing with your pals and having putts for those sort, that sort of money. It's just, it's just the opportunity, it's just the ladder, isn't it? You, you're never going to move up a ladder or a step. That's the only thing, the opportunities that you wouldn't get. So I've, I've just tour or not? I've been out in 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 Dubai recently. They've started this uh, mini tour called the a bit of a get together called the, uh, the Bedrock Pro Series. So there's a guy called Khalid. He runs this thing called the Lions Den down at the Els Club Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then they have the Lions Den on the Fridays. It's money games really, and as a winter practice, that for me is so much better than what I would have been told a winter practice would have been ten years ago which was go somewhere in Spain and hit balls. Yeah. Take it easy. Car- Carzamani like, uh, practice was great. Back yeah, in the but day. then we had yeah, our little like, games so in the afternoons. Joking, yeah, yeah no. and we had, and to be fair, we had a great group of guys. We yeah. probably had eight, eight of us. That's what it's about. That, exactly. That's how so, you get better away from, yeah. you go and hit balls, but like, you know, go away yeah. with your coach and hit Not balls. rebuilding like, your swing every winter days. on the range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the winter rebuild, like, it's, I don't know, like even as a coach, you know, they want to help people get, improve their swings, but the mindset of a winter rebuild that, your game is broken. It needs yeah. fixing. It's awful. Whereas to go and have money games, because I know all professional golfers, you guys will attest, you can go to a tournament and have a putt to get a bigger check that week. Sometimes a thousand, sometimes 20,000, 40,000. These guys now for millions of dollars. But if you put 500 quid or a hundred quid on your, like on a money game with your pals and you get to the last, if you miss that putt and lose your money that you've forked out of your own pocket, you're pissed off and pros hate losing their own money. Like they'll have absolute, they're happy to go and play for someone else's money. And like, yeah, I missed that part, but I've still earned this this week. Go and put your own three, four, 500 quid in. Like you don't have to knuckle down and learn. And then you do it once or twice and you quite quickly work out a way of, right, I'm not fucking doing that again. You know, it's even worse when you're losing it to a mate as well, or guys that you know really yeah. well, because it doesn't just stop at the, the hundred <laughs> yeah. quid or whatever; it's, it carries on for the rest of the day. And the hand over, yeah, exactly. yeah, and then it becomes a thing. So yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely you know like for any pros during the winter, like, just go and like get with your, your pals and just keep competitive. It's definitely the way this whole rebuild thing, which I don't think it really exists. You should be trying to improve your game nonstop, and it still it still needs to work under pressure at some point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you can hit as many balls as you like and it, as soon as you get under pressure, you, can, you need to go and test it, don't you? Yeah, you can still do it. You can yeah. still do it whilst you're making a change. Yeah, build tests, build tests all the time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, which leads us in because we're going to start a Monday club. So yeah. we're going to have our competitive Monday club. So any good players, uh, get in touch and we'll rattle those out. We should uh, have a quick chat about our recent Bear Tiger Goat event at the Grove, yeah. um, which was really successful. We had a great day. Mark did an amazing job with all the... All the finer touches got there nice and early. Everyone had their their poor uh, drinks and all the golf carts and uh, the display table was all set out really well and, and the feedback was really good. How did you think the day went, Mark? I thought it was great. Yeah, obviously I was there from start to finish. Um, first of all, the venue, the Grove was brilliant. 
really, really helpful. It's set up. I mean, it, it, it sets up perfectly for the type of thing that we want to be trying to deliver, like long term as a community for our community. Golf course was was mega. But yeah, and no, I thought it was brilliant, like from start to finish. It was the first time I'd come to meet a lot of the GOAT members and, and some of the GOAT members uh, who had not already met each other. It was a good meeting of people and the people were great. Like you never quite know, do you, if you speak to people via email or through social media or any of the interactions we've had up before that point. It was just nice to see everyone in a room together. And it was nice to see that it actually worked as well. Yeah. The, there were good people there for the right reason. I felt like we'd created a, a good environment that sort of assisted all of that. But it was just great to see good people come together, like-minded people that were all keen to get something great out of the day. And then, and and I think fortunately for us, we were able to provide a lot of sort of different things going on throughout the day. There was plenty of action out on the course and stuff going, you know, pre-round, post-round. There was just a lot going on. It was good, good energy. I mean, just for anyone who's like new to the podcast or new to the Bear Tiger Club project, um, the GOAT members, they're limited to 450, of which we're building that up at the moment. There's about 60 or 70 now. It's a bit more expensive for them to get in. I think it's now maybe $6,000 for a membership. Um, and there's extra benefits they get, and that's a bit of a closer network, very much like-minded people. Then the Bear memberships are... $250 and that's more of a community-based one which is a bit more entry-level and also a bit more a bit wider maybe for people just starting out the game and uh, trying to work their way of where to go where do I get coaching where do I get my clubs who do I play with and there's lots of more benefits coming for those from JL and uh, Titleist are our first partners and we're working on those more we're going to have a bear meet up so just to give a tiny bit of background this event at the Grove was we had 60 players and we just tried to run a day which of which uh, Josh, myself, Mark, uh, Ollie Ross, Jasmine Crossfield have all been in golf and like taken little pieces from all different golf days that we've seen and put that into our own golf day to get, create a bit of vibe, a bit of music on some of the teas. We had our own cocktail. Can anyone know what the actual cocktail was? I know it tasted really good. It was, a, it was called the Paw Claw. The Paw Claw, which yeah. is the, essentially the logo. Yeah. Um, um, that was on the first tee. Jazz was, even though she's not, she does a lot more than make oh, cocktails yeah. and be the bar lady. Uh, she was putting those together for for the players and they, they went down an absolute treat, those. Annoyingly, I was having to get like a mocktail because I was working that night. I didn't want to be going on the screen <laughs> all boozed up. But yeah, great day. We had music out there on different tees and different sponsors, which was really cool. And we did an auction afterwards. We raised some money for the Black Heart Foundation. Here we go. So it's, the poor claw cocktail is cranberry juice, 200 milliliters of cranberry juice, 200 milliliters of ginger ale, 100 mils of vodka, and then three quarters ice. Get on that. It's, um, it goes down very, very easily. Um, and people were suited to be lubricated <laughs> without getting... Yeah, they were. Without getting too messy. But yeah, just you know, a lot of like-minded people who love golf in the same room playing in a golf event the way they want to play it. You know, there was a bit of music on some speakers... Some people were taking it very seriously. We we joined up with, it was a bit, I think we had a, we were playing quite quickly and the group in front has slowed up a little bit. So we ended up making, playing like an eight ball for the last couple of holes. Yeah. Which that eight ball going down 18 was kind of, cool, yeah. kind of get away without the Grove. We, we wouldn't have wanted to do it like all the way around, but to do it in the last couple of holes, that was good fun. And uh, yeah, we're going to create many more. Josh and I did a little clinic beforehand. Yeah, we did. We, we, we've we done quite a few, right? So we, we didn't really talk about it too much. We just sort of let it flow a little bit and then um, hadn't really hit many shots. And then Zane basically just asked me to strike one. It was the first thing he told me to do. So I'm like, all right, okay. So now I'm over the shot. I'm like, I've just got to strike it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I never, don't normally actually think about that. It's something I've never really thought about is actually just try and strike the ball. So everything just sort of went out of my head a little bit. I was like, okay. Don't duff it, don't duff it, don't duff it. So I just hit it like this real low punch shot. <laughs> Rocket. It was windy as well, wasn't it? I it bet was, you're glad yeah. I put you on the left side of the range rather than the right. Yeah, it was good. But no, it was great. It was great to help people before take something from what we said. You know, I was quite lucky to go round with Sparksy, James Sparks doing the photography. He was in the buggy with me as I was going around making sure everything was going well and talking to other people and other groups. And it was nice to normally play and you just take the good stuff and all the good moments and stuff from your own group but I got to get that from every group which was yeah. great just go out there and see everyone having a great time 
And then, yeah, people talking about the stuff we spoke about, saying how it's helped their game on the day and stuff like that. So that, that was really nice. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It was nice to hear as well some of the feedback, like people are watching the stuff, that the content that we put out, they are listening to the podcast, they're into it, which is – so we are it's, – it's satisfying from this side – to get something back from your community mm-hmm. saying, yeah, no, this is, this is, we're into it. It's, it's cool. So it's, it's nice to be able to provide, you know, these events, the podcast, the, the content and know that it's, it's being engaged with, which is, yeah. is exciting for us as a group. Yeah. Right? It's really good. Cause it's part of what we've been talking about and trying to build up for a while. Uh, Reese, I think last week, obviously the, the, the bear memberships have been on sale for a little while. And last week the bear members got together and organized their own meetup on the Discord, which was a pretty cool start to it. You know, I hope that will happen yeah, more and more. You know, people communicating together through the Discord platform will um, try and evolve that into our own app. But at the moment, going going into the Discord, interacting with other members, talking about golf in general and then where they play. And then one of the guys put up about, oh, I've got a tea time, does anyone want to come and join? And it's, you know, it's really great that's, that's begun now. So yeah. we need to go and um, join those guys and get, in, get amongst them. 100%. And yeah. I'm going to post my... Go up this week um, that's come through now, which I'm You'll quite NFT artwork. Yeah, which yeah. I'm really uh, and, and Mark's got that's his smart. as well. So yeah, yeah. I've not seen yours, Mark. Yeah, I think one might. There's just one alteration, um, but yeah, that's Mark's that's very particular. Much. So that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but I'm going to. Gonna, to uh, I'll stick mine up for everyone to see. And um, Josh, yeah, Josh has got a very that. special one, obviously, because he yeah. was involved in the artwork. So yeah. he really does have a, a one of one. Yeah. You know, very very good. Yeah, amazing. Really good. So yeah, more to come from that. I think we've covered most things for this week. Yeah, James is James is off on holiday in Dubai, so he's gutted to be missing out this podcast as he always is. He loves a bit of chat. And we will welcome him back next week with all his numbers. He <laughs> does love the numbers. Whether they're right or wrong, who knows, but he does love the numbers. When he, he had a reasonably successful trip at, in uh, Vegas, didn't he, just after the Grove at the WebEx? That's right, uh, yeah. Him um, and Wayne and Nigel went out there. Yeah. Did all that web free stuff, so that was cool. I think he played some golf. I think he took some money when he was out there as well. Oh, he will be happy. Yeah, I think he had a guy who had bought a goat, and they paid for quite a few hundred dollars. And and James is left-handed. He didn't take his club, so he had to get like a put-together set. So he he paid for like seven or eight clubs as well. Oh man, this is going to be a whole podcast, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he I did say how'd you go, and he gave me a full rundown of <laughs> how he played the shot, and he had to take a bit off it and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he did win. So that that was cool. So yeah, we'll get that chat from him when he comes back. Um, but yeah, we'll leave you leave you with that. So like, follow, subscribe uh, at beartiger.io is the website. At Bear Tiger is on the handles. And um, yeah, any more? Is that it? We happy? No. Yeah. Oh, Done. Right, thank you very much for listening and catch you next week.